Um, I want to share just a few words this morning, and I'll keep it short, guys, um, because it is Rosh Hashanah, or Erev Rosh Hashanah. Tonight at sundown, Rosh Hashanah begins, and most of you are fully aware. Can we have the slides up? Somebody put the slides up, or push, pull the button. It's up? Thank you. There it is. I was going to say, I wanted to say pull the lever, Kronk, but I didn't get to it in time. Anyway. There's, you know, Stu and I were just going to share off the cuff this morning, given the nature of this morning, but this week the Lord started refreshing to me these truths about Rosh Hashanah, and the burden became so great, I thought, no, I better, I better bring something, because it's so in keeping with the prophetic words that are floating around in the world right now, it's so in keeping with the tenor of the worship that we've enjoyed already this morning as well, and I think you will, you will see that, but I'm briefly going to give you a reminder of some of the layers of this remarkable season that we find ourselves in. We're, we're most familiar uh, with it as Rosh Hashanah, which translates as the head of the year. It's the beginning of the Jewish civil calendar. It has to do with paying your taxes to the temple when all the harvest is in at the end of the summer season in the northern hemisphere. So we know it as Rosh Hashanah, but in scripture, of course, it's known as Yom Tru'ah, which means the day of, literally the day of alarm. Tru'ah is one of the ways you blow the shofar that is associated with alarm. It's like a fire alarm. It's like uh, the battle is uh, upon us. It's like uh, prepare yourself right Rise up, move out, take strength upon yourself, get get the courage of your convictions and move out in the name of the living God. It is Yom Tru'ah, the day of waking up, the day of alarm, the day of preparation for... Uh, uh, for aligning your heart with the heart of God, and we call that repentance, and we get to do it, praise God, on a daily basis. But on Yom Tru'ah, it re- it's a season that reminds us of this great grace that has been lavished upon us to realign ourselves with the living God on a regular seasonal basis, and to know without doubt that God will receive our our turning hearts and our turning eyes. He won't reject. He will, he will open his arms once again and embrace us even more fully. And so, also known as the Feast of Trumpets. Why? Because Tru'ah, although it doesn't speak specifically of trumpets, it is associated with the blowing of the shofar. And so we've had some shofar blowing this morning. Rod, were you blowing back there? I think I heard you blowing. Didn't I hear you blow? Well, go ahead and blow it. There it is. Thanks, Rod. Bless you, buddy. And and I was blowing a little bit this morning too. It's funny to say I was blowing, you know, you you know, and but you guys are patient with that. But it's feast of trumpets because the trumpet blast is associated with so many things in the in God's directives to his first chosen people, Israel. And through that interaction, you and I have much, much, much to learn. Yeah? And so when the trumpet blast blows, it gives us pause to reconsider our lives and assess our lives and prepare ourselves for, in 10 days, Yom Kippur comes down the line. So, again, very quickly, guys, you know you know the situation in spring is Passover. This is history for most of us at, 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 at Flame Tree. Pentecost is the next major feast, followed ultimately by tabernacles in the autumn. It speaks of Jesus coming to his coming again. But here we find ourselves at the end of the age of the Gentiles prophetically, and we're moving into Rosh Hashanah, 
beginning tonight, then Yom Kippur in 10 days, and five days later, the Feast of Tabernacles, which we are also going to celebrate in this house in a, in a wonderful and unique way. And Tim's going to share a little bit more about that before the morning is over. But Rosh Hashanah, most particularly known as Yom, again, Yom Tru'ah, the Day of Alarm. Okay, the day of alarm. And uh, it's, it's, it's our regular repentance, but it's also prophetically in the, in the day of the Lord. It speaks of that mighty trumpet blast that heralds the return of the Lord. And it's a call to prepare. It's a call to rise up. It's a call to fight. It's a call to declare that there is only one God, one creator, God, one king. And his name is Yahweh and his son's name is Yeshua. Yeah, it's a call to declare he alone is God. And that's in part what we've been doing today. Every time we rise up in worship like we were this morning, and thank you so much, guys. Sometimes when we just have two guitars, the bass and the drums, you wanted no keys. And, but there was such a, a weight and an anointing on the worship this morning. And that is only because God added his, his, his pleasure to what the boys brought this morning. And it was wonderful. And we're so grateful to the lives of sacrifice that allow us that that, that uh, the production of that kind of worship leading, and we're so we're so grateful for that. So here we come into the season of of Yom uh, Yom Truah, and we hear, as it were, metaphorically that mighty blowing of the trumpet, even as we've heard this morning. But I want to bring your attention to this idea that with the blowing of the trumpet, it is. It contains all of these things, but the, the idea most prevalent in the blowing of a shofar is a command to rise up, to wake up, and that will be either, it, it, it will be inclusive, it will include repentance, and it will reclu- include a, a, a refreshed declaration of the Lord as God alone. It will be a, 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 a passion to go into the fight with confidence. Because the trumpet has been blown and our captain leads us. Yeah. And so out of the seats we come. Out of our doziness and our sleepiness we arise as the trumpet blast is is given. And so Isaiah 60, here we see that Jesus commands us to be fearless in the face of darkness. He commands us to be fearless in the face of darkness. And the command in Hebrew for arise is, is, uh, is kum. Everybody say kum. It's God's command, kum, to arise and shine. For your light has come, the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, doesn't it though? And isn't it increasing? And thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This speaks, as we've said many times, primarily of our elder brother Israel, but also and equally to the body of Christ, to the bride of Christ that God is going to cause to rise from their slumber. Like, like the, 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 the which, that which is no longer politically correct, that scene in Sleeping Beauty where the prince kisses Sleeping Beauty and wakes her up that is seen to be offensive to the woke part of the world. But to you and I, it's a prophetic picture of what Jesus will do to us. How can we awake? How can we give permission if we don't even know we're asleep? And we're thankful that God has not awaited. He's not waiting for our permission to wake us up as his bride. He has said, it's time. 
And he, as we sang this morning, is going to kiss his bride and wake us up to an astonishing new reality where the grace and glory and power and the miraculous moves of the Holy Spirit are going to be with you all. With you all. Yeah? So let's look at a few more scriptures. So we see this all through Jesus' encounters. His miraculous encounters with, with humanity were an introduction of the kingdom of God. The same as we receive when we hear the blowing of the ram's horn. It's an introduction. It's an announcement. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. And over familiarity with that phrase, we lose the wonder and the power and the joy and the freedom that comes and accompanies it. But dear brothers and sisters, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's for you. And Jesus introduces it again and again. All these episodes you will be more than familiar with. Taking the child by the hand, he said, Talitha kum, which translates in Aramaic as it is, little girl, but very close to the Hebrew. I say to you, arise. Everybody say kum. And he says it again uh, to the paralyzed man. Why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise. Everybody say, kum. And take up your pallet and walk again to the widow who'd lost her son. He came up and touched the coffin and the bearers came to a halt and he said, young man, I say to you, kum, arise. It's the announcement of the kingdom and the kingdom brings life and death has no hold over that command that comes from the son of heaven who now resides in you and invites you as well to pronounce to a desperate world this good news come arise there's life in a relationship with jesus turn from your wicked ways repent and come into the light Leave in hope and life. He said it again to the man at the pool of Bethesda. He said, do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But when I'm coming down, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, come, arise, take up your pallet and walk. Oh, God, we can hear Jesus, his words, his, his pronouncement reverberating over our lives again this morning. Kum, rise up, sons and daughters of heaven, brothers and sisters of mine. Rise up in the life that I have purchased for you. Rise up in the influence and the glory that I desire to share with you. Be hopeful. Let your love overflow. Kum. Yeah. And so you can had to throw that in, okay? Because there's no room for this. Cancel all your plans to be miserable. And so that Isaiah 60 verse is rendered in, in the Amplified Version this way. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to new life. And that's the answer to any one of us who on a bad day, and we all have them, might say, well, that's all yes and amen, but you don't know what I'm going through. There are no mitigating circumstances. There's no fine print. All right. There is absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And that is yours. 
that is yours. That is God's promise and declaration over you. Anyone who has in any way, shape, or form surrendered their life to the Lordship of Jesus, even, even if you're online this morning and you don't really yet know fully who Jesus is, but you feel here, I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to say, I love you, Lord. I want to repent. I want to turn. I want to try. I want to start over then the Lord takes you at your word and he declares over your life again this morning, Kum, rise up in life, in hope, in joy, in the goodness I will lavish upon you as my son, as my daughter. It begins with Israel. We read in Isaiah 40 that there it begins, comfort, O comfort my people, says your God, speak kindly first of all to Jerusalem, and then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together. So at Flame Tree, we continue to have as a priority the health and blessing of Israel and Jerusalem. And out of that, why? Because we know from that flows the blessing to the whole world, and it is a kingdom priority that we will never never compromise upon. Yeah. I almost got up and shared this as we were worshiping because there was, there was a word about shame as we worshiped this morning. And Brahm said, no shame in coming before the Lord, none whatsoever. And the Lord had already salted this into this, this word for you and I this morning from Second Samuel where David at the, at that, at that wonderful moment, goes and looks for any descendant left of Saul after David has now ascended the throne. And he says, Mephibosheth. And he said, here is your servant. David said to him, don't fear, for I will surely show kindness to you and for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore you to all the land of your grandfather, Saul, and you shall eat at my table regularly. I want you to superimpose here. David is the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, your savior, the lover of your soul. And you, and I are very much like Mephibosheth, very aware of our halting uh, aspect, our, 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 you know, our history, our track record, our weaknesses, our faults, our, our, you know, uh, creaky knees and fading eyesight and thinning hair, all the stuff. Mephibosheth, as you know, was, was crippled at birth, and so he's aware of his diminished capacity. But what does Mephibosheth mean? It means dispeller of shame. And, and David now, as it were, the Lord Yeshua comes to you and I, and he dispels shame. And what command do you expect him to use in the dispelling of the shame that has accumulated on your life and mine? It will be kum. It will be, come, rise up out of your shame. Rise up out of that which you think and feel about yourself. We have these weird ideas. What we, we think about ourselves is our, 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 our self-worth or our, our, our reputation, what others think about us. But we don't live by either of those things. We live by who we are, not by what we think about of ourselves or what we know of ourselves but who we are, which often on this side of eternity is in contradiction to our, our very often our experience or our knowledge of our failings, but that is the far greater reality. You are a son of heaven. You are a daughter of the king. 
You are a brother and sister to the Lord, the Prince of Heaven, Yeshua Jesus Himself. And as, as Brahm reminded us this morning, you have ready access into the throne room as such. Or who, who was it? It was somebody that brought the word. Who, who brought that word? Rod. That was part of what Rod shared. That's right. And thank you for that, Rod. Let shame go in Jesus' name. Absolutely. Until that shame is fully dispelled, the bride of Christ is going to be halting and somewhat sleepy. Because you know guilt makes you sleepy. Guilty people sleep a lot. They do. There's an inclination to try and escape that sense of guilt through sleep. It just happens. We get weary. Guilt exhausts people. Shame is exhausting. And Jesus is not done with you yet. No matter how many years you've got under your belt, whether you are six or whether you're 86, Jesus is not impressed by that at all. If he has an intention to use you, he will come to you and say, and the accumulated shame or sense of disability that may have clung to you over the years, unknowingly even to you, is going to fall off. And some of us are going to rise up in such an anointing of power and joy and energy. We, we, we didn't even know we were still half asleep. And it's going to come. It's going to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For this reason, the Holy Spirit who broods over us, you know, this morning, this day, Rosh Hashanah, also in the, in the Jewish tradition, marks historically that moment when the Lord had a great trumpet blast proclaim, it is done, that is to say creation, and it is very good. On the sixth day, when creation was finally completed with the advent of man upon the earth, there was a mighty trumpet blast. Yeah announcing, announcing that it is good. And what God had done is he'd taken that formless void of the earth and he'd brought form and substance and beauty and purpose to it all through his word. And the same God that was, was able to accomplish that with a thought broods now by his spirit over your life. All the confusion maybe yet that remains, some of the, the uncertainty, the the, uh, the, the voids, the lacks, the lack of order. That's what the Holy Spirit broods over this morning in your life. And for this reason, he says, awake, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Compel us, Lord God as we reverberate with the truth and wonder of your word and your command, Lord, compel us to come alive and come awake more than ever before. Yeah. And sometimes the only response possible is laughter, shouts of joy. Sometimes you got to run in circles when the energy of heaven strikes you. Yeah. And we think that's an assignment just for six-year-olds, but actually the 86-year-olds are going to be running in circles too because of the joy of the anointing that God is going to bring. Thank you, Lord. David says in Psalm 57, Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. The bride is coming awake at the command of the king who says over us again this morning, Kum. And he, he illustrates that through the mighty blowing 
of the shofar. In this 24-hour period from sundown today, Israel is commanded to hear the shofar blast 100 times, each at least nine seconds long. Now, we are not compelled to come under that stricture that is Jewish tradition, but the heartbeat behind it is, if God has said you must hear the blowing of the trumpet, if God has said you must respond to his command, if God has said you must come awake when the command comes to arise, then we also can illustrate it with the blowing of the shofar. And we'll do it again this morning. So I'm going to ask Rod, Rod, why don't you come on up here with me, buddy? Don't blow from back there. And I want you all to stand. <clears throat> can you get up these stairs, Rod? Well, then you can, you, you can stand down here, buddy. All right. So, and again, I don't need to tell you guys this, but we don't blow the shofar for fun or entertainment or, or humor or, uh, you know, color commentary on otherwise Christian experiences. We blow the shofar, number one, because it's a little foolish when guys like Rod and I try to blow the shofar. But it also requires necessarily then to be very childish, childlike, a surrender, a faith of a child. And, and what we're going to do is we blow the shofar again this morning over ourselves, all of us, is we are hearing God is circumcising our ears as he's promised to do, that we should hear his command to come awake and come alive with the fullness of his spirit that is within us. No more sleeping. And even as I say this, our response is not an act of the will. We're not sitting here going, all right, that's it. I'm awake now. No, it's wholly the work of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and the lavish grace and goodness of our God. But we are standing in positions of abandonment and surrender, a posture that says, be it done unto me according to your word, God. Circumcise my ears according to your promise. Open my heart to the echo of your command that I should never be the same again. Lord, because there's work to do that you should get all the glory. Amen? Amen. So hear the blowing of the shofar again. In Jesus' name. Yeah, hey man. Good job, buddy. Bless you, man. Bless you too, man. Bless you.